Welcome to the FFGF Podcast. We are a church located in Fredericksburg, Virginia. Our mission is to know God and to make Him known. We pray this message blesses you today. If you'd like more information about our ministry or how to partner with us, visit us at fredfulgospel.com. Thanks for listening. glad Jesus is the most popular. Amen. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I want to just mention today that all of you that are listening online and that are here with us today, what a privilege we have that we can worship him. God is truly here when we gather and we praise him and we pray. It moves the hand of God. God God does mighty things through prayer and praise. And the thought I want to share this morning when I was praying, God gave me this. Prayer and praise is God's weapons that he has given us to defeat the enemy. I'm going to read it again. Prayer and praise are God's weapons he has given us to defeat the enemy. Praise the Lord. Now, you know, a weapon isn't useful unless you use it. (laughs) <laughs> and how and you have to take that weapon and you have to use, to get skilled with it praise the lord and god is helping us all and you know how you get skilled with it well things just like we're going through today god is giving us praise the lord an opportunity to use those weapons to defeat the enemy, that God will be exalted, that his name will be lifted up, that he will have his way. Praise the Lord. Lord, we just thank you for this great privilege to read your word and to gather together in your name. Lord, speak to our hearts through your word. Lord, write it upon the tables of our hearts. Let our lives be changed and encouraged by your word in Jesus' name. Amen. I wanted to read a scripture. I'm first going to talk a little bit about prayer. Now, usually we think of prayer, you know, praying for needs, you know, what we're going through, believing God to cause this virus to be gone and and God to protect us. I'm going to touch that, but I want to touch something else first. Praise the Lord, my favorite subject, and it's about Jesus. He's my best friend. Hallelujah. And he's yours, too. You know, it's not just praying about things and praying for things, but it's praying first to know him. I want to read a scripture, and if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. And maybe I should read a couple verses before that. It says this, And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And and that's our model, that I might know him, to know him and to make him known. And really, that's a powerful prayer. That's a prayer that we need to pray all our lives, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. And then there's another verse, and I'm going to 
refer that to that too, and that's in Ephesians 3.17. It says this, that God may dwell in your hearts by faith, and ye being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. I get so excited when I read those verses. Jesus died on the cross that we might know him. He washes when we ask him to come into our hearts. He forgives us our sin. He comes into our life. We're a new creature in Christ. But then it talks about knowing him and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you know what that means? That means that God wants to come to indwell us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And that doesn't just happen overnight, but as we walk through this life, Jesus wants to impart such a love in your heart for him and for others. It's something out of the natural realm. The Bible says you don't fight against flesh and blood, but you fight against principalities and powers of darkness. It's light against darkness. We're not fighting people. We're not fighting a virus. Hallelujah. Jesus, this thing's a little bit too loud. Jesus is on our side hallelujah and he wants to rule and reign he wants to live out his life within us you all if you come to prayer meeting you'll hear me pray that prayer he said boy sister don praise that prayer all the time lord live out your life within me give me your thoughts your words your desires i don't like to start a day without reminding jesus lord i belong to you my life is in your hands god this church is in your hand the families god you come to them you reveal yourself lord we want to know you. We want to have that a connection. We want to live that abiding life. And I'll tell you a little secret. As you seek to know him, as you pray that prayer, Lord, I want to know you better today. Come to me. Fill me. When you start praying that way, Jesus starts filling you with more of his presence, more of his love, more of his life. And then God sets his authority in your life and you pray different. <laughs> How is it when you pray that things happen? Well, the secret is, secret is you're learning to abide. Abide in, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will. It's not just getting this in your head and quoting things and saying it. No, it's a relationship. It's a friendship with Jesus. He's calling us in these days to fully surrender and just remind him, God, I'm not living this life on my own terms. God, my life is in your hands. My family, the church, our country. Lord, we want you to have your way, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in my life, on this earth, over our country. God, have your way. Set up your kingdom, the kingdom of the Holy Ghost. Oh, praise the Lord. You know, when we read about the death and resurrection, it says that we might know him and the power of his resurrection. What is the resurrection? Jesus said before he left, it's necessary that I go away because I want to send the comforter, the Holy Spirit, to dwell within you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's a relationship. It's knowing Jesus. It's letting him live out his life within us. And I often pray that prayer, Lord, give me your thoughts. Give me your words. Give me your desires, your plans. And you know, you start praying. That's amazing. 
I'm not a carpenter or construction worker, but sometimes the Lord will show me things and I'll tell Pastor Mike, hey, that's a good idea. And they'll tell the construction worker, that's really good. And I don't, I didn't have anything to do with it. I don't know anything about it. But you know, God can give us wisdom on things. Maybe with your children, maybe it's a situation you don't know what to do. You pray about it and say, Lord, give me your thoughts. Lord, you show me. God, you make it real to me. And it's, oh, hallelujah. God has a plan. He knows the best way. And we can think we know, but he knows the future. He knows all. And if we put our lives in his hands, he can guide us. He can direct us. He knows what's best. And I can say to you, when I look back on my life from where am I right now, where I am right now, God has led me, and it's amazing just little decisions that he guided me with has changed my whole life and has brought me to the place where I am right here. Little decisions. Sometimes we think little isn't important. You know, I can do this, I just feel like I want to do this, or I want, no, you better pray about it, because one little decision can change your whole life. And I'm looking back on my life and little decisions where God made me, it was real, what I should do or shouldn't do, changed my whole life. I'll just give you a little instance. Uh-oh. <laughs> I was living uh, with my parents at home. I was young and, and I went to Bible school and I came home. The Lord, I actually did missionary work in Mexico. I did that for several months. And... Um, there was a team of us that were there for about three months, and then I came back and helped in my dad's church. And uh, there was um, one of the Bible school teachers uh, were coming through our area, and they knew them very well, and they stayed overnight at our family's home. And the one teacher, he's kind of, his wife was very gregarious, very, you know, um, would a little more forthright, would tell you how she felt and all. He was kind of quiet. He didn't say much. He came up to me. I was just in my 20s. I was very young. And he said to me, he said, have you ever thought about going to pilgrim camp? And I said, not really. And that's all he said to me, those few words. And his wife heard him say, and these were pastors. They were teachers in a Bible school, and they were both, uh, had pastored a church, and they were very godly people. She came to me. She heard him say that. She says, you know, my husband just doesn't go around saying things because he was a man of very few words. He doesn't go around saying that to people, may, things, just anything to people. He says, maybe you better pray about it. Maybe God's trying to say something to you. So I began to pray about it. And the Lord just gave me a desire that I should go to Pilgrim Camp. I didn't know anything about it, never been there before. I had to contact people to ask about it. And uh, guess what? I uh, went to Pilgrim Camp and uh, was a guest there. And then the Lord spoke to my heart about there's a lot of young people and I uh, wanted, I thought, wow, I don't want to be a guest. I'd like to be on staff here. So I was praying about it. I felt to ask to be you know, on staff and, and they said, yes, you can come uh, for the summer. And I had asked about staying on for the program after that and they said, well, we would just like to have you for the summer. I didn't know this, but they, had the, they were watching me to see how I did in the summer to see if they were going to let me stay on for the winter program. I guess because there were so many guys there and they <laughs> and they just didn't want any you know they didn't want to have any problems so anyway <laughs> the Lord had put in my heart that he wanted me to do to be in the winter program too and I said Lord I didn't desire this and ask for this you just dropped this into my heart this is what you wanted so Lord I put it in your hands if this is what you want you work it out so I came for the summer program and and at the end of the summer they called me 
the, uh, the gardeners, which were the ones in charge of the camp, called me into their office and said, we would like to ask you if you would like to stay on for the winter program because um, we've been watching you and we see that, you know, you really are seeking the Lord and want God in your life and uh, we would like to have you stay on for the, because they had had a, a girl that was um, working in the camp. She was uh, uh, a nurse and she was gonna have to go to Africa to fill in for someone there and they needed someone to help to fill in her spot. So they asked me if I felt to do it. And I said, well, the Lord put that in my heart. And so God just opened a closed door. They didn't allow girls to be in there because it was a guy, you know, they're training men and they had some older ladies there, right? And God just opened a door for me that was a God thing. And he allowed me to be there three years. That's where I met Pastor Mike. We didn't <laughs> and God had a plan over my life. I had no clue. Now, it all started with a pastor saying to me, have you ever thought about going to Pilgrim Camp? Never heard of it. Didn't know a thing about it. You know, God has a plan over our lives. And if we're praying for the will of God, I was taught that as a young person, pray every day for God's will over your life. It doesn't just mean geographic geographically, it also means God bringing you into a deeper place in God. God has a plan for our whole life. Oh, hallelujah. And so if we're praying, Lord, let your kingdom come, your will be done in my life, whatever that means, Lord, have your will spiritually for me. Bring me into that next step that you have for me spiritually. Lord, for the place that you have for me. And you know, some people try to push down open doors and they try to do it in themselves. But you know what? If God tells us something, we put it back in his hands, say, now, Lord, you gave this plan. If this is what you want, you work it out. And you know, God will work miracles. Praise the Lord. And God will make a way where there seemeth no way. And so I'm so thankful that what God did, and then I was there in that camp, and God did wonderful things in my life. And I saw, when I look back now, I worked in the camp and uh, they, I worked with the children in the cottage, they called it, six to eight-year-olds, and they always put me in the cottage with the little boys. I thought, why do I, uh, myself and another uh, woman, we always had to take, and little did I know that God was going to give me a boy. I, mean, I guess he was getting me ready so I'd know how to, <laughs> how to deal with boys. Praise the Lord. <laughs> he didn't give me a girl. I thought I was going to have a girl. Pastor Mike tells a story about how I uh, bought a little dress, and I, I thought I was going to name her Sarah Elizabeth, and, and uh, Pastor Mike says, you know, you're not going to have a girl, you're going to have a boy. I go, okay. And his name is John. <laughs> and uh, so I had a dream. After he told me that, you know, I had a dream. I had a dream. My mom was holding this baby, and it was wrapped in a blue blanket, and uh, he, uh, the baby was handed to me, and I said, oh my I said, it's a boy. And I woke up, I said, you know, you're right, it's a boy. And then I had a sonogram, and guess what? It was a boy. <laughs> God had that all in plan, too. And, you know, we think things just happen in our life, things that come our way and why we do things. God prepares us for his will and plan, and we need to be praying, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Lord, you have a plan. And I'm still praying that prayer because I know even what God is doing here. I believe that God's got a plan. God's got something that is in his heart and we want to be ready for the next step that he's getting ready to do. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, glory to God. I'm encouraged. Even though we hear things all around us, God wants to hold us above. He wants to work his plan and his will. So we should be praying that prayer. 
and to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that I might be filled with all the fullness of God. Do you pray over the fullness? Do you pray, God, I don't just want joy. I want fullness of joy. Amen. God wants to, he wants to do a complete work in our Amen. lives. He wants to fill you with the spirit. What is the fruit of the spirit? Love. He wants to give you fullness of love. He wants to give you fullness of joy, fullness of peace, peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And that temperance, you know, I used to always kind of think, you know, being temperate. But, you know, the Lord made that uh, fruit of the Spirit real to me. God wants us to be balanced in our walk with him. You know, we should be praying that, Lord, keep me balanced. And so the Lord wants to have this fruit in our lives. Isn't that wonderful? God has a plan. When Jesus died and he said, I'm going to go away and I'm going to send the comforter, the Holy Spirit, to dwell in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. He wants you to be a glory vessel filled with God. There's verses in Psalm that talk about the glory, and that refers to your tongue. He wants these tongues to be glory, that speak glory, that speak faith. And so God is working on us, and you've probably heard me pray the prayer often. Lord, help me to think faith, speak faith, and walk faith, because it's our natural intuition or our, um, ash, our ability to uh, the natural ability for us to react and fear doubt and that's the tactics that the enemy uses he tries to make us to to be fearful when we and you know what I say I don't live on that plane Lord I live a I choose to live above. I'm going to live in you. I'm going to walk with the king. Hallelujah. Christ in you, the hope of glory. God wants to impart that into our lives. He wants it this morning even to do something greater within us to cause our faith to rise, to believe him, for him to have his way in our lives, for him to protect us and keep us. And so there should be a great cry in our hearts to know him. He wants to bring us into a larger place of obedience where he can manifest himself in our lives. You know when you choose to do what God says, when you rejoice evermore, when you refuse fear, God sets a greater presence in your life that gives you power to obey, that gives you power in your prayer to speak the word and God comes. And so he wants our lives to be a life of abiding in him. Now I wanted to just mention this again. The weapons that he's given us is prayer and praise. And I wanted to mention this to us. I was so thrilled someone um, texted this to me. Um, you know that the president likes to use Twitter, right? And they text what he sent put on Twitter, and I wanted to read it, it's very short, but this is what President Trump sent. He said, it is my great honor to declare Sunday, March 15th, which is today, as a national day of prayer. We are a country that throughout, throughout our history has looked to God for protection and strength in times like these. No matter where you are, where you may be, I encourage you to turn towards prayer in an act of faith. Together we will easily prevail. Now that was from our president. And I thought, well, that's pretty good. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and so we need to pray, don't we? We need to call on him. 
Now, it's not enough just to know about it, but we need to call. Now, what do we need to pray? Now, Lord, I've been praying, Lord, come to our country. Lord, first come to us. Live out your life within me. And Lord, come to our country. Awaken uh, people's hearts to the wonder of Jesus, their need for him. Lord, take away the blinders off people's eyes where they are living in, in a darkness where they don't understand. We read that in the word of God. You can say, how can somebody vote for somebody that is for abortion and all these things? I don't get it. I get it. Their eyes are blinded. They're in darkness. They're deceived. That's the enemy's job, out to kill and destroy. But God wants to open our hearts and eyes to truth, what the word says. We're not voting for a person. We're voting for the word of God. We're standing for his word, right? That's, what, that's what's going to make the difference. And may God help us to be people that love the word of God, that treasure it, that pray over it, that take a stand for it. Praise the Lord. And so may God work in our hearts in a powerful way. I've just felt also another prayer. I mentioned we need to pray and we need to praise. I'd like to say this. In our prayer, it's important to learn to praise. Now the Bible says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Now it says, when you open a gate, that's the way you go walk into the area you're wanting to go. You have to open the gate, right? It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. So if we want to enter into God's presence, we have to open the gate. And how do we open the gate? We start praising him with a thankful heart, being thankful for what he's done, and into his courts with praise. And then when we walk into his, his court, we just start worshiping him. We start praising him and thanking him. Oh, hallelujah. Do you notice that when you can have maybe a, a fear on you or you're hit with something that you feel a little malaise, you start praising the Lord. You turn on that Christian worship music and start singing and praising. You know what happens? That lifts. It goes. Why? Because you bring yourself into the place, the courts of God, by praising him hallelujah. and worshiping him. And so when the fear comes at us, you know what we should do? Say, no, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Lord, I'm going to praise you. Lord, I put this in your hands. I'm going to trust you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. I'll tell you a little secret. I don't just trust him when this kind of thing happens. I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> and you have too. And you know what? You keep trusting him. You let your faith grow. And oh, God is teaching us, hallelujah, where he wants to fill us with that fullness of God, fullness of joy, fullness of peace, peace, fullness of God's love. He wants you, he wants me to be his best friend, hallelujah. He wants you to be a friend of God, to walk with him. And we don't have no weapon formed against you shall prosper. God wants us to believe. You know, we have an act of time to believe him to do it. Now, I'll tell you a little something that happened to me. When I was younger, I went to, uh, did missionary work in Mexico, and we were in an area where they didn't have refrigeration. And so, you know, there was my brother, two of my brothers, myself, and a couple others that were with us. And uh, we um, had a camp, a couple campers we stayed in, and uh, we went and held outdoor meetings, and we went to various places. And I remember 
the pastor of uh, one place had asked us over to eat. And it was very interesting. They had light bulbs on the, this was considered really nice. They had light string of light bulbs and, and they were, to make it special for us, they were out sweeping the dirt. They didn't have any floors, they had dirt and they were sweeping the dirt to make it look nice, to make it special for us. And I'll never forget this. And we sat at that table and I thought, hmm. You know, I knew it wasn't the food, they didn't have refrigeration and, and uh, I tell you, I really prayed in faith when I asked the Lord to bless my food. You know how many times, Lord, bless this food. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We go on our way, right? We eat our food. I tell you, that day, I said, Lord, now I pray you'll bless this food. And God, I pray you'll protect us. And God, you help us. And I really, I really prayed. Seriously, I learned to, from that point on, I pray a little differently. Even now I'm in the States because I, I realized the importance of it. And we kind of had some little tests there uh, physically because of the food and uh, we had to trust the Lord and I, uh, I had to do that and I learned that and so God taught me something. Sometimes we take things for granted, don't we? But God wants us to learn to trust him. Now we're having something that, you know, is trying to come into our country, but God wants us to trust him. And I'm going to pray something before I read this psalm. I felt 91 of a few things that the Lord kind of put in my heart to finish up with that, but I feel to pray that God will stay this thing, this thing will go. Now, you know, God has given us power in prayer. I told you, prayer and praise. He wants us to believe. Now, naturally, thinking, or, oh, this thing's big. You gotta have a lot of faith for this. No, you know what? You gotta put your trust in the word of God. God wants us to trust, and we're gonna read that Psalm 91. We're gonna see God wants to protect his people. That's the thing that he's given us. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you that there's power in prayer. And Lord, we just pray for our country. We pray you'll cover it with the blood of Jesus. We come against every coronavirus or any other kind of virus. Lord, that is trying to uh, put fear in people and attack people. Lord, we just pray in Jesus' name that this thing just as it has come in, it'll go out. It will not be exceed anymore in Jesus name we pray this thing will be diminished and be gone in the name of Jesus let there be a change Lord we claim protection over families over our whole country Lord we believe you to do it in the name of Jesus Lord we thank you you've been hearing the prayers we're not afraid but we Lord you've given us the weapon of prayer and Lord we call you said call upon me in the day of trouble and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things now Lord we're calling upon you as a group today and Lord we're believing you to stretch forth your hand in the name of Jesus to stay this thing that it cannot prevail anymore in the name of Jesus we command this thing in Jesus name to be gone to go and diminish and be gone completely and Lord let people even be amazed to see how this thing is not going to touch this country God we ask for mercy and protection and Lord, we just claim victory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Jesus is victor. Now I want you to turn with me to Psalm 91. I just want to read a couple verses. Well, I should say read Psalm 91. Some of these verses, have, you know, it's kind of like that prayer I told you. You know, we read Psalm 91 and we memorize it, we quote it. Now we, it means a little more to us, doesn't it? We're having to use it his word for 
God to honor it and protect us. So I want to read that. It says here in Psalm 91.1, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It talks about a secret place, a hiding place. And when you live in Christ, when Jesus comes into your life, and you pray to know him and to him to fill you with his spirit and his fullness. It says here, you have a divine overshadowing. It says, you'll abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There's a divine overshadowing that God is upon your life as you live for him and walk with him. And I want to read another scripture. It says in Psalm 121, verse 5, it says this. Psalm 121, verse 5 says, The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. Did you see what it says? God is our keeper. He will protect us. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. God is our refuge. And as I just read that verse, he is our keeper. He's our refuge. He's our hiding place. And my fortress. And a fortress is a heavily protected building. And God protects us greatly. My God, in him will I trust. So first he tells us that he's our fortress, he's our refuge, he's our keeper. In him will I trust. You know, you run to a place of safety, don't you? There's a building that's so well fortified, you need to get in that building. If you're in that building, there's nothing that can harm you. You're safe. Well, God is saying, hey, <clears throat> I'm that fortress. I'm that building. Stay in me. Stay connected to him. He's your keeper. He's your protector. He'll take care of you. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. He's going to preserve you. And from the noisome pestilence, he's going to give us divine protection. It says, he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. I want to read Psalm 125, uh, verse 2. It says this, as the mountains are around, around about Jerusalem, so the Lord is round about his people from henceforth even forever. Now they could understand that. The mountains which are about Jerusalem, the Lord is around his people even forevermore. Remember, God does an eternal work. He's there not just for a moment, but for eternity. He's there for us. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. There's divine protection in walking close to Jesus. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. What is a shield? It's to protect you from those darts, those things that come against you. His truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And he is our truth. He is our shield and our buckler. 
And then it says, thou shalt not be afraid for the terror of night. Now the Bible says that. We don't have to be afraid. And I want to read another verse. And that's Psalm 118, verse 5. It says this. I called upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. Who can, what can man do unto me? The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore shall I see my desire upon them that hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. And so we see here that David had to realize that his trust was in the Lord. Verse 14, it says, The Lord is my strength and song and has become my salvation. Now David, he experienced that in his walk. He had the enemy after him coming to try to destroy him. He said, Lord, you're my strength and my song. You not only need strength, you not only need to be fearless, but you need a song. <laughs> a song of victory in your heart. That's why we got to praise him. That's why we got to sing worship songs unto him. Hallelujah. Because there, you can't have fear and you can't have uh, praise. They just don't fit together. It's like water and oil. They don't go together. <laughs> so you start praising. You start worshiping. Hallelujah. That fear has got to go. And God, because there are faith to rise in your heart. Hallelujah. What's happening? You're getting more connected with him. You're getting to know him better. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Jesus is our light and our salvation. Whom shall I fear? Hallelujah. We don't need to be fearful, but God is our light and our salvation. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thou shalt not be afraid, verse 5, for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. And then look at verse 7. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Now, what a, did you hear that? It shall not come nigh thee. Now, you, we got to believe that, right? God said, if we abide in him, if we put our trust in him, he's going to take care of us. Now, did he say it or not? I believe it. Hallelujah. When we pray for people that are sick, I say, Lord, you said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, Lord, you said it. And I believe your word and I believe you're doing it. Oh, he comes across every time. Hallelujah. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in his word. And God wants us to take it for what it says. And not by going, oh, I didn't, you know, don't compare yourself to the word of God. Oh, I don't measure up. I don't do too. Forget about that. We already know that. We all know. We're all in the same boat. So we give ourselves to God. We ask God to forgive us. We put it under the blood. We go forward. We take his word and we march into the victory. Amen. It says, only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. And so God wants there to be an immunity in that verse 7. We'll see it fall by the side of us. God's going to protect us. And only with thine eyes shalt thou see and the reward of the wicked because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge he's our divine 
supernatural refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall no evil befall thee, there's safety. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. And look what he says about this. For he shall give his angels charge over thee. Do you know there's ministering angels? Now, I see them sometimes. You know, you're going to think I'm a little nuts. But I'm sorry. <laughs> sometimes God has opened my eyes. And I know not just me. I'm, you know, we live in a spiritual realm, believe it or not. We, as I said to you, we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. You may not always see it, but God can send and does send his ministering angels. I remember we were praying for someone in the hospital that was so sick and they said he was going to die. We were praying and praying. I actually saw a being, I knew it was an angel, laying on both sides of this person. And guess what happened? At the end of that week, that person came out of that thing and they lived. And they're living today proclaiming the victory of God. There's power in the name of Jesus. God sends his ministering angels to help us, even protecting us from accidents. We pray daily, Lord, cover this place. Keep from accidents, spiritually and physically. Keep and protect from attacks of the enemy. You know, the enemy's out to kill and destroy, but God, we can pray for God's protection, and we pray for that over you daily and for all in this work, and your family. And I pray this, Lord, I pray for the extended family members, saved and unsaved. It doesn't matter if God's working, if God hears those prayers. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. And then it says here, there shall no evil befall thee, neither any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. And I like this verse 13. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. The adder is a poisonous, deadly snake. Thou shalt tread upon that. The lion and the adder. And thou shalt, and the young lion and the dragon, which is referring to serpents, serpents, shalt thou trample under feet. So these things that are deadly and that normally we would be afraid of, God says you're going to trample on them. You're going to put them under your feet. You're not going to be afraid of them. You're going to be on. You're going to be on top and not beneath. Praise the Lord. They shall not harm thee. And then He says, because He hath set His love upon me. Hallelujah. When you give your life to you, God sets his, you set your love upon him. He sets his love upon you. You become united to Jesus. You walk with the king. Hallelujah. You're a child of the king. You're a lover of Jesus. You belong to him. Hallelujah. He's your best friend. He's there. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to work miracles work for you. Just ask largely come before me and call upon me and I will show you great and mighty things. God's got a plan and the enemy doesn't want that plan to be worked out but you know what? He's already defeated and God is calling us to trust him, to call upon him, to believe him, to praise him, to refuse doubts and fears and to trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. And you know what? Sometimes we need our brothers and sisters to help us. If you've ever been in a storm, you couldn't do it yourself. I was there. I tell you, it was a lesson I'll never forget. 
I said to God, I said, Lord, you caused people to stand with me and you won. I had, you know the story. I had a burst appendix. I could have died with that. And then they tell me I had cancer in there. And then they tell me uh, you need to have this operation. And, and uh, I realized I was in a place where I, may, you know, I could be gone. You know, it's a, a not a very good feeling. You know, one day you're, you know, you're feeling healthy and you feel great. And then the next day you're realizing you're facing eternity. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, are you going to take me home? And the Lord spoke to my heart. And he said, no, not yet. He said, I've got to still have work for you to do. I said, okay, Lord, that's all I needed to hear. I said, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you're going to bring me out of this thing, and I know you're going to win. Well, he did that. Praise the Lord. And people come to me, and they say, you need that operation. You know, this is serious. I said, I know it's serious, but I'm trusting God. And Pastor Mike said to me, now, Donna, people are telling you all kinds of things. He said, you've always prayed about everything. You ask God what he wants you to do. And I, what God told me to do may not be what he tells you to do, but that's what he told me to do. So I prayed, and I was in a Wednesday morning prayer. I'll never forget September 20th, uh, 2016. I'll never forget it. That was Brother Gardner's birthday. That was the man that trained Pastor Mike and myself. It happened to be that day. It was Wednesday morning, and a small group, just maybe six or seven were there, and I just felt to ask everyone, would you pray for me, the Lord to touch me? And when they were, everyone was praying, the heavens opened, and I saw the, the glory of God, and I knew God had touched me. And the Lord said, you're healed and no chemo. I go, oh, okay. So I knew what to do. That was for me. And so I said, okay, Lord. And so the Lord put in my heart, I want you to have all the tests done. And so they did all these tests on me to see, you know, if I had any cancer. And everything came out negative, everything. And they still wanted to operate on me. I said, I, said, I don't want this operation. She, and she says, well, honey, you need to have this just in case. I said, you can't make me do it. I said that to her because she's so pushy, sorry. <laughs> and she said, you're right, I can't make you. You know, they try to push stuff on you. But I said, you know what? I said, Lord, you're the one in charge. I want to do what you tell me to do. And I'm, praise the Lord, I'm still healed. That's what, four years ago. I thank the Lord. And you know what God taught me? You're in my hands. You live for me. You trust me. And I'll bring you through. I'll help you through these things. Now, you know, hey, look, I thank God for doctors. If it wasn't for the doctor. I mean, he had to, I mean, my appendix burst. I went in, I'd never been operated on before. It was my first operation. They had to clean out everything because I could have died because of that. So I thank God for the doctors. But God wanted to still get glory out of the whole thing, and he did. Oh, praise the Lord. Jesus is so wonderful. Trust in the Lord. And so God is calling us to trust him.
and to believe him. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high because he hath known my name. Jesus wants us to know his name. He wants us to learn to pray and for him to reveal himself to us in answer prayer and for him to come across and be there for us. Oh, hallelujah. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him him and so we see here there's spiritual knowledge he shall call upon me and I will answer him he will answer every need and then he'll give us his divine presence and he will be honored hallelujah and look at 16 how about that with long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation Praise the Lord. God wants to keep us so that his name can be glorified. Oh, hallelujah. So we need to be praying over Psalm 91. Let's believe the Lord to keep us in these days. And let's believe that God will show forth his miracle-working power over our lives, over our land, over our country. And I'm not only believing being kept from this virus, I'm believing for a breakthrough spiritually that God, hallelujah, wants to break through into lives, wants to awaken hearts to Jesus and say, hey, what are you doing? You need God in your life. We were made to serve the Lord, and we need to have faith for that. Now, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we just want to say today, Lord, we give ourselves to you to serve you and to follow you. And Lord, we pray that you'll stretch forth your hand. Lord, make us all to be lovers of Jesus. Do you want to be a lover of Jesus? Oh, let's just lift our hands. If you want to be a lover of Jesus, you want to follow him with all your heart. Lord, that's what I want. I know that's what we were made for. God, we just tell you today, Lord, we give ourselves to you anew and afresh. Lord, come and fill us with your Holy Spirit. Come and dwell within us. Let our lives be changed by the power of God. We believe you to do it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.